Our next speaker is Matthew Snelson, and he is a practicing dietitian. He's worked for several years as a clinical dietitian, completed an honors degree, and a postgraduate diploma in biotechnology, and has recently commenced his PhD at the Baker IDI Heart and Diabetes Institute, investigating the effects of a processed diet on gut homeostasis and the contribution that these changes make to the development of diabetic kidney disease. He's a regular science presenter at Laneway Learning in Melbourne and has run science classes during National Science Week and Melbourne Knowledge Week. Please welcome Matthew to the stage. Oh, thank you. Before I get into talking a bit about my science hero, I have a very important question to ask. What did you have for breakfast? I, I heard eggs there. Heard a bit of something else. What else did I hear over here? Banana, and I had wheat bix as well. I had wheat bix as, as well. Do we have, who else here had wheat bix? Give us a cheer. Yes. That's what I like to hear. It's a great way to start the day because we're all good little Aussies, aren't we? As we sit there, we're eating our wheat bix in the morning. Maybe you've had a look at the packet there. See what it says on the front of it. Packed full of iron and B vitamins. How awesome is that? Bam, without even knowing it, we've prevented ourselves from getting pellagra. It's just really good. I, um, I had a pretty varied like, nutritious diet as well. So not only am I preventing myself getting pellagra, I've stopped myself getting scurvy. You know, that's pretty good. I'm pretty happy with that. Now, it's interesting to note, in my um, work as a clinical dietitian, I've actually come across people that have had all these conditions. I've seen someone with pellagra, the rickets with scurvy. Yes, that's right. In today's modern day and age, it's possible to get scurvy. How? How is that possible, Matt? Well, you drink nothing but milk for three years straight. Why would you do that, Matt? Meth. <laughs> but luckily now, we know how to treat these conditions. We know the pathogenesis of them, that they're due to a vitamin deficiency, and it's very easy to treat and even prevent these conditions. And that all is due to one man. Now, he's, he's probably the grooviest cat out there, but a lot of soul sisters don't know his name. I am, of course, talking about Dr. Casimir Funk. I mean, at this point, in the interest of historical accuracy, I should probably uh, say, based on his Polish heritage, that it is pronounced Dr. Funk. But in the interest of awesomeness, I'm going to call him Dr. Funk. So um, let's take a... He holds a special place in my heart, by the way, because he is the father of the vitamin. So I want to take us back now, take us back to the early sort of 1900s. So we've just come out of the, the miasma idea of disease. This is where diseases are caused by, you know, bad gases or bad smells or bad juju or just general badness. And we're finally starting to accept the germ theory of disease. Diseases are caused because there's a bad bacterium there producing a toxin or the like. Um, and now there's this, uh, this disease. It's called beriberi. And it's, no, no, it, it's, it's not a source at Nando's. It is, eh, slow it is a, uh, it is a pretty, pretty bad disease. It causes pain, paralysis, even death. And it's really prevalent in Asian countries where there's a, quite a high rice consumption. And, and people have been trying to figure out this. Why, why is this? What's causing this disease? Uh, so particularly in Asian countries where they're having a high rice consumption, they're eating a lot of polished rice. Now, the reason you'd polish rice 
is you get rid of like the outer coating, it doesn't go off as quickly. So you can stockpile it, leave it there without it going off. So around this time, 1897, we've got this Dutch physician, Dutch physician, Christian Eichmann. Now he gives chickens, he gives them polished or unpolished rice. And notice that the ones that get the polished rice, they go on and get beriberi. Yeah, that's interesting, that's interesting. So he came to the conclusion that a food that's rich in starch, uh, such as rice, that'll go down to the intestine and cause a toxin to be released. And that an antidote to this toxin exists in the hull of the rice. And that's why those getting unpolished rice don't get the disease. Bam, we have a theory. Theories are awesome. We love theories in science. Another researcher goes along, uh, feeds rice polishing, sort of the outer, outer husk of the rice, to humans. Cures beriberi. We got it. Now along comes our man, Dr. Funk. He's just picked up a position at the List Institute in London, and his boss tells him, you know, check this out, figure out what's going on. Now, he's a chemist, and he wasn't really quite satisfied with the uh, explanation that had been given. Oh, there's something good in here, there's something bad in here. He wanted to know what it was. So he got um, rice polishings, and he started to, to make some reactions with them to like fraction, to separate them out, because he wanted to figure out what was going on in there. So he gets his rice polishings, uh, does some fancy chemistry, ends up with fraction A and fraction B. Then he, he gets his pigeons, he feeds them uh, polished rice with either fraction A or fraction B. Those getting fraction B, they're surviving. The others, not so much. So now we're, now we're onto something. So he decides he's gonna fraction down this B section a bit more. So he gets a couple of them, finds that the, the animal's getting fraction B1, they're the ones surviving, not getting this disease. Finally works out the chemical inside it. It's an amine. And he says, well, this is an amine, and it's vital for, the, um, for life, essentially, in these animals. And it's in section B1. So I'm going to call this compound vitamin B1. And that is where we get vitamins from, from that contraction of that word. Now, he was pretty excited about this, so he went, out, he went out to publish. This is in 1912. He goes out and says, okay, I want to publish my research. Share it with the world. They wouldn't let him use the word vitamin. Uh, so instead, he had to use the, uh, the title, on the chemical nature of the substance that cures polyneuritis in birds subject to a diet of polished rice, which is very catchy, very catchy. Next year, however, he's allowed to use the term vitamin. He goes on, he publishes a book, The Vitamins be a great movie as well. Um, he proposed there are at least four vitamins, and each of them presented, uh, prevented a specific disease, pellagra, uh, beriberi, scurvy, and rickets. We now know that this is completely true. Um, he, uh, I mean, it, it's one of these things, it sounds like a simple concept to us today, but at the time, the thing is, this is a very breathtaking concept. At that time, disease is caused by, caused by bad things, it's not caused by a lack of a good thing. And this is why, why he's a science hero of mine, because he really had an integral role in put, laying down a, a founding um, idea in nutrition science today. Um, within the field, he is you know, remembered. But on the whole, it, it feels like he doesn't receive enough credit for his work. Um, in the subsequent 35 years after Casimir, the, the wonderful Dr. Funk, did isolate vitamin B1, a further 13 vitamins were discovered. Um, after the outbreak of World War I, he actually emigrated to the US, 
where he worked and made the first uh, a vitamin mixture that was approved by the American Medical Association and sort of started the, uh, the trend that we see then to uh, basically lots of vitamins being available everywhere, very, very cheap. Um, in 1929, the Nobel Prize in Medicine was awarded for the discovery of antineuritic vitamins to Christian Eichmann. Our Dutchman from before, we thought it was a poison and antidote situation. Casimir himself, he had been nominated in 1926. However, someone else got it that year. And many believe that, you know, Dr. Fung's role, he's, he never really got his day in the limelight, which is why I wanted to bring it out now, share it with us all. So next, you know, tomorrow morning when you're sitting down with your fortified breakfast cereal or eggs, you can you know, just think to yourself about the, the integral change that like, this man has brought to us, how he's changed our understanding of nutrition, of disease, um, and just thank him a little bit every morning. Think of him as a little, little nutrition science underdog. And I think a really good thing to take away from this as well is how when you think outside the current dogma of the situation, you can find uh, a different solution to the problem that you're trying to find. And uh, above all, um, give it up for Dr. Funk. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs>